0: Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, my guest is Lisa Corbo, and Lisa has been around the fashion block. She currently is a digital creator, retail entrepreneur but she has worked as a designer. She has worked as a buyer. She's worked in Italy. She's worked in Australia. She's worked in Canada. She is full of amazing insights and stories. You are going to love getting to know her. Let's get to the conversation. Hello, Lisa. It is so wonderful to have you here today. My pleasure. Ciao, Donna. (laughs) Ciao. I love you. You are one of my favorite people to speak to because I do genuinely just love the sound of your voice and you have such a worldly breadth of experience. I can't wait to, to dig into it all. Let's start by just talking a little bit about What's your story? What do we need to know about Lisa Corbo before we get into all that you're doing in the digital landscape and with fashion?
1: Well, obviously I have an accent. Uh, it can <laughs> it can derail, it can go from New York to Sydney to Italy, but I was fortunate enough to travel uh, a ton as a during my childhood and my teenage years and I lived abroad for a number of years and studied both in Europe and Australia. Uh, Ended obviously uh, working in fashion by default because my Bachelor of Arts is actually in textile design and I primarily always wanted to just be an artist but uh, art can just hang on a wall and fashion is something that you can live and breathe and I I guess there's that personality within me that wanted to showcase what I creatively wanted to embrace.
0: Now, before we get into the textile design Mm -hmm, and your mm -hmm. entrepreneurship and whatnot, I want to ask you, all of us who work in fashion, I believe most of us who love fashion, have that moment where it resonates with us that clothing, fashion, style, aesthetics, carries much more power than just practically covering our body and protecting Mm -hmm. it from the elements. Do you have
1: a moment where those dots connected for you? I think the moment for me, and I, you know, everyone, I mean, a lot of fashion designers, uh, apparel designers, uh, will always bring up their upbringing, you know, a parent, an aunt, a grandmother. For me, it really was my mother. She uh, always believed in quality, not quantity, and... Uh, They professionally were very big in the world of hairdressing uh, during the 60s. But she did volunteer occasionally at school. And I do remember this distinctly. She organised a fashion show. And I think as I sat there with, you know, my grade four girlfriends, uh, I just realised that we were a little different. And that clothing for us, the aesthetic of dressing was really a part of our DNA. It wasn't something that we just put on. Because, you know, seeing her in that light uh, just really made me appreciate how she had raised me to believe that grooming, not just fashion, the way you present yourself is a reflection on you to the outside world. So it's not just about fashion, Donna. It's about like, you know, and you My parents did not always have a lot of money, so, but for her it was about, you know, wearing the best cashmere sweater and you wore it for 10 years, you know, like, or always having your hair brushed, a lipstick, you know, being dressed in the morning, regardless of whatever you were going through, whether it be, you know, mental or physical health issues, because my mother had many, she really taught me that. And that is a valuable lesson. I think that I like to actually um, share. It's,
0: it sounds like there's such an element of pride and Mm self-care and self-nurturing that goes into the grooming,
1: the dressing, the whole, the whole part of it. Yes, because as I always like to emphasize on my digital platform, it's not about what you're wearing. It starts from within. It starts, it's what you feed yourself. It's how you treat your body. It's how you respect your body. It's everything. It's from the lingerie. Like, I mean, I could give you a list that I give my clients because sometimes they're like shocked that I include, you know, little things like you know, making sure that you whiten your teeth, you know, as you get older, because obviously, you know, you have wine stains, you might have been a smoker, just little things that can prevent you from looking in the mirror, because obviously, I'm six decades in, and feeling that you're not, you're letting yourself go. And we're going to get into that idea a little bit, because
0: mm. your digital platform is really, busting those paradigms and those assumptions open but i want to start back a little bit because you know we have talked about the the clock that is you know your your life in fashion and that maybe the digital platform is is more towards the nine so i'd love to go back towards the one or the the one or the two you're taking me back okay and just talk a little bit about your work in textile design and how that led to Italy and maybe one or two of kind of the key mentors or, or mm-hmm. opportunities you've had that have really helped shape where you are today.
1: Yes, because I do actually, in ref- when, I, when I'm reflecting on my life, I do put it sort of into clock mode because I recognize obviously, you know, my mother was very influential. I um, did linguistics in Europe and then I had the opportunity to go back and do something more creative when I moved back to Australia and I chose uh, textile design. But from textile design, you know, you've got to push yourself forward. That's what I always say. There was a student award. I applied, I won $500. Then I decided, you know what, I'm not in fashion as a student but I'm going to apply for gown of the year. And then I won that. And then I thought, you know what, I have no connections now, back in Italy, primarily, because we had moved back to Australia, I'm just going to fly and figure it out. So I did push myself. And in those days, there was very little communication, you know, we had no cell phones. So it wasn't always easy. And sometimes I made mistakes, I chose to work for maybe a firm that wasn't you know, that I didn't align with. Uh, but I always took whatever, whether it was negative or positive praise, uh, I always took that and tried to learn from it. And I did never, I, nev- I never got comfortable. So that's one thing I always try and tell my children uh, or my audience on the digital, don't get comfortable. You know, life is about experience and you have one life, it's not a dress rehearsal. So remember that. And if you become a little, and today I think, you know, it's also a little difficult because moving the way I moved my sort of clock around, you know, I'm in Milan, I'm working as a designer, then I'm in London, then I'm back in Australia where I was told that I would never be successful, (laughs) you know, which was crazy because then I ended up by default meeting someone that gave me the opportunity to have my own collection, you know, like all these things built up towards me landing in Toronto, uh, falling in love with the Canadian, working for a great department store, having the opportunity to do their brand, and then slowly moving into interior design because the clock is now at <laughs> six and I'm a stay-at-home mom and like just finding things for me to do so that I you know, felt that I was also participating um, creatively, obviously. What something. I find
0: so interesting about all the things you're describing is you had to have a a very intrinsic strong sense of of self or 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 self-confident but you are also able to shift or adapt to different situations you never you never put yourself in a box like I think it would be easy to say well I'm a textile designer therefore I, I stay in textiles maybe it's interiors but textile you know that's you know it would be easy to not go into fashion to assume that was a box what was happening inside you to able to be pushed beyond these like
1: possible boxes that might have been there I think I was just raised to be very independent my parents, uh, my mother was a great role model, as I said. She was very independent and still happily married, you know, seven years later. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I've, look, everyone has insecurities, don't Donna. I'm as insecure as the next persona beside me. But I do always remind myself that it's good to be insecure because it enables you to maybe have a voice. So yes, not everyone has a loud personality. I can be very loud. And I know that sometimes I can sort of lose sight and move very rapidly from one subject to another, you know. Uh, so like I have to keep myself in check, but you know, I am a creative and I guess I have that sort of artistic uh, you know, streak in me. And I just want, I I just feel like I need to share. So I guess that's just part of my, the Lisa Corbo personality. I like to share my experiences or things that I, I like to explore. And you can only explore if you have a voice because if you don't ask, you won't know. And if you don't try, you won't know. So I think that's the message that I do want to give even a younger generation because everyone's so busy absorbing but not really participating well
0: and the idea of finding our voice is something that I think everyone as as individuals it's important for us to to think about but mm-hmm. certainly if we work in any kind of creative field it, it feels like it has a little bit more gravitas something we think about you said something just there that I I want to lean into a bit you you mentioned voice with a proactive, element to it that you are always pushing like it sounds like there's almost you know an ache or an itch or an excitement within you to create to ask to to do to explore what is it is that what it feels like like is it just this kind of sense within you
1: that you are listening to personally I have um had a lot of health setbacks and around me. So maybe that's why I feel like I have no time to lose. So that is a personal thing that sort of is pushing me to, you know, every day, every day is a special day for me. Yes. So so for it starts with if I feel that, and I know that aesthetics sometimes can, you know, we can criticize one another if you feel that you're overemphasizing on your looks. So for me, it's not really about my looks, but I know that if I like the way I feel and look, I will have a better day. And, you know, so fashion is a part of that. What
0: drew you to digital creation? Because I know, just for maybe for people who don't know you, you have you know been working client facing with your own amazing retail boutique in Toronto, which is a different kind of audience. Uh, did that <laughs> did that client facing relationship prepare you for digital creation, or or how do you see them relating,
1: or maybe they don't? Actually, they don't necessarily relate. Uh, the digital platform, I was actually. Thinking the other day, like, how did I, when did I start on Instagram and why? But I think it was really because I was traveling uh and some of my clients wanted to experience, you know, the thrill of going to a fashion show or being in a showroom in advance. And this is way before Vogue Runway, I think. So it was just when there was style.com. And I just started doing, and, you know, I lo- I've always loved technology. So I love, I was the first to, like, carry a huge cell phone down, you know, the street. <laughs> so I sort of, like, I I just started playing a little bit, and I also had the, you know, I had two amazing children that were obviously the right age to sort of push me forward, my son especially with TikTok. Uh, and I just started recording things, and they were very authentic because I, I couldn't do selfies. I'm still not great at that because... Mm-hmm. I have a large phone and a small <laughs> hand, but I just uh, I just would ask people to record me. And right. it was very authentic. There was n- no structure. Uh, I put, you know, er, all, all the content was done by me. But I did at one point during the pandemic when I had to survive as a fashion retailer because it was goddamn hard for all of us. I actually made a decision to be a little more professional in the way I presented myself. And I started doing more style, I guess, style content in order to then have Zoom calls or FaceTime with clients so that they could feel connected and I could stay in business. After the pandemic, when we reopened and things are never the same, but you know, there is definitely a return to um, to being in-person, uh, when shopping, spe- you know, specifically for fashion, mm-hmm. I just decided that I really enjoyed the medium of the video medium of Instagram uh, because at that time it was pre-reels, right? And I had also shared lifestyle during the pandemic, a little more personal, mm-hmm. uh, which was not always easy for me, but I realised that my audience wanted to see who I really was and not just this like stylish woman. And I started opening up. So I started doing some cooking videos. I actually uh, have written a cookbook, a sort of a lifestyle book that I'm hoping to publish one day. Uh, I started sharing things that have made me who I am overall as a, what I'd like to think a bit of a style expert, because obviously I have, you know, 30 years of experience. And I feel that I can offer that expertise, not necessarily just in fashion, maybe sometimes in the kitchen too. I love that. Mm-hmm. Is it that giving of yourself personally? And
0: I think you kind of subtly there have a line between what is personal and what is private. Is it that, that ability to lean into something that is personal that you feel gives an authentic voice to what you
1: create? Well, the thing I had to decide was if you want to be authentic, you have to be authentic. So that was a bit of a hurdle because I realized that if authenticity means you can't over edit, you know, if I'm not liking my profile that day, I just have to live with it. And that wasn't necessarily an easy thing for me to do because, to be honest, I am 62 and I feel like I'm 18. And sometimes when I see myself, I I think, who is that person? You know? So it's coming to grips and coming to terms with just appreciating who you are at the time, living with it. I have a public platform. I am sharing. I am authentic. So this is it. The authenticity is there. It's not it's not edited. And in your
0: experience, is that common for digital creators, or what kind of conversations have you had to give you a sense of you know where you are on the
1: authenticity scale? Have you gotten any feedback that way? Actually, I have. It's funny that you mentioned that because I am interviewing um, to be represented and, uh, Congratulations. Life, thank That's you. exciting. Thank you. And well, I feel that I, you know, you are as good as your team and I feel that now I need to start building my blocks, you know, where I, I can't handle everything on my own. So I've realized that and I'm happy to have a great team around me, uh, that, appreciates what I stand for obviously and I had this interview and at the end of the interview uh the interviewer said you you really are like your platform and I said excuse me and they said yes because I interview quite frequently obviously they're a big agency and sometimes the digital person that I've reached out to for an interview is not the person that I speak to So we had a bit of a conversation about that. And then I started really focusing uh, with the digital on what is authentic, even with TikTok where there are so many non-authentic people trying to do authentic things. But really how authentic is (laughs) it? Like it's, you know, so it's a crazy world out there guys, but like, that's what makes it great.
0: How do you see the difference between Instagram and TikTok? Because you are blowing up on both platforms. Do you post differently? Do you approach them differently? Do you have different audiences?
1: How do you integrate them? I honestly have Instagram, definitely, it's a professional tool for me today because it's my landing page. Uh, no one wants a resume you know, if I'm being hired or someone is looking at reaching out to me for work purposes, uh, they will go to my Instagram. So it has to be, I think, polished and precise and really represent who you are as a brand. TikTok, honestly, I sometimes don't even have time for TikTok, which is a pity because I think if I uh, spent a bit more time on it, it would actually work to my benefit. But TikTok for me is just, me playing with, you know, social media. Sometimes I go viral, and it's for the silliest things. But I love that because then I engage with an audience, and I have had actually, uh, I have had clients reach out through TikTok, which is quite interesting for, um, let's say, uh, virtual styling sessions, and even young clients from all over, which to me is rewarding because it means that if I'm discussing or trying to educate with maybe an educational video on TikTok, that someone's actually listening and, uh, and I like that my voice is being heard. But really that's the satisfaction that you get from, you know, being able to share your, I guess, your experiences as, as a creator in the world of fashion. You're joining a powerful chorus of women. I think it's even what
0: Julie Louise Dreyfus is talking about on her People Cover Mm -hmm. right now, which is about older women will not be relegated to the shadows, to the invisibility part of life, like here for the visibility, for the continued joy, the continued success. How does... The process of aging play into that. Like, are you aware of of that chorus that you that is around you when you post, or what is what do you think is happening culturally that way?
1: Well, obviously, uh, there's been a bit of a trend, you know, uh, for the second half of our lifespan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked with Mae Musk. I styled her for her book tour her launch in Canada and Mae was really interesting to work with because she's a nutritionalist she's actually a very savvy lady and she was a model for many years and supported her family by modeling and when I met her she was going into her seventh decade and she just told me you're never too old never give up and just own it like age what is age really yeah. I I am not going to be that creator that says, "Oh, look at me. I'm going gray. I'm going natural. I'm No, I don't want to age naturally. I want to age, but you know, uh a little preventive, you know, some great Lancôme cream can help. Like, let's face it. Every every woman and man, we want to be beautiful for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, It's appreciating that you are aging because there, you know, look, I could over, I could do a ton of work to my face and then hate my hands. Then I could feel my hands and that I'd hate my knees. I mean, where does it end? So at the end of the day, just choose what your platform is as far as your age, you know, what you want to focus on. Make sure that you look the best for that platform. You know, everyone has their own idea of what their appearance should be according to their age and just own it. Well, and
0: according, like, as you're saying, it's different for everyone. Some mm-hmm. people love the idea of going gray. Some yes. people do not. Some people love the idea of wearing no makeup. Some people do not. And hopefully what is is happening is that there is no judgment around what your choice is. Hopefully that's the world we're moving to. There the should be no shame to. is what no I was
1: shame. trying to say. You Absolutely. Know. And so I'm not... I personally am not going to, I don't want to sell myself as, oh, look at me. I'm so great because I'm 62. Because as I told you, I'm really 18. So, (laughs) you know, my platform is just, I have a lot of experience. I'd like to share that experience. Uh, Aesthetics are really important to me because I enjoy them. I I love dressing my home. I love dressing, like, I love that. That's me. I'm a creative. You either like it or you don't. If you don't like it, you know, there's a great sports channel. There's lots of other distractions. But if you want to engage with me, that's what I'm about. And is aesthetics what's
0: in like is it as basic as it's what's in our visual field mm-hmm. and how then that is curated and put together to create a feeling, a mood, an ambiance.
1: Absolutely, and it doesn't, as I always say, it doesn't have to cost money. Aesthetics can be you taking a lipstick, drawing a lip on a piece of paper and framing it. It doesn't have to be all cooking. You just take a piece of garlic and a drop of olive oil and throw in some pasta. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be so complicated is what I'm, I guess that's my message. You and do can, we overcomplicate it, do you think? Has there
0: been a tendency for us to overthink it? I think so.
1: Because I got caught in that too. Like, that, not that I'm saying it was a trap, but it was like, oh, my God, like, you know, this has to be perfect and it has to. I have to buy this particular product. It has to look this particular way. Mm-hmm. Look. I obviously I think sustainability and the platform of, you know, let's really think about what we're doing to planet Earth is really important, starting with fashion. And that sort of trickles down into all areas of our lifestyle. But let's be honest. Do your research and believe that whatever you're touching is important to you because that's what's really important at the end of the day because you're going to enjoy it, right? Right. All I'm just saying is it doesn't have to be something that you you can afford an aesthetic, regardless of who you are, where you live, how you live. Everyone can afford to make themselves and their life feel beautiful. Joyful. Joyful. I mean, I don't know what the word is, you know, like uh, happy. Because at the end of the day... We all search for happiness and, you know, it's, that's an it love, everything, all those great things that make us great humans.
0: What does the Lisa Corbo platform stand for? What are you thinking about? What do you want your audience to
1: learn or take in from your content? That's a difficult question, Donna, because sometimes I don't even really know where I'm going with this platform. But what I do know is that I am going to try harder to share uh, the things that I think my followers, I guess, or my audience want to learn from me. So mm-hmm. uh, I've had a lot, a lot of interest in skincare because I've always, I think, you know, I've done great justice to my especially my facial Mm. skin, because I've always looked after myself and I have had a lot of requests for me to share more. I'm going to try to make a point of sharing a little more um, the inside of Lisa Corbo. So I think that's where I'm sort of going to start navigating um, my audience and that includes in the kitchen, what I eat, um, how I look after my body, I haven't really done that. I had focused a lot on fashion because after the pandemic, I had to save my business, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. but now I feel that that's kind of like leveled off. The business is great. So rather than just focusing on the fashion element of what I represent, and obviously, you know, I have a clientele uh, that follows me, I think I'm going to start focusing a little bit more on the lifestyle of Lisa Cole And it
0: sounds very collaborative, like you're in conversation with your audience and your Mm -hmm. community, Mm -hmm. as opposed to you just feeding an engine. I hear you wanting to respond and kind of like listening
1: to what resonates with people a little bit. I want engagement. I want, uh, at the end of the day, I want to know that, you know, I've made I guess this sounds so cliche, I've made a bit of a difference, you know, that someone has learned something, whether it be how to dress their body, whether it be skincare, whether it be hair, whether it be, you know, uh, how to buy your fruit at the supermarket. I feel like those are, those are the things that I'm looking forward to sharing. Uh, obviously, I have a retail business at the moment. So like finding the time isn't, you know, sometimes a bit difficult, but but, you know, I'm really trying to make an effort and, and that's rewarding too because when I do, I get a lot of engagement, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Lisa, you are a busy lady. You are, you know, you're, you're still working with a flourishing retail business. You've got your platform. You're a mom. You're a wife. How do you keep your tank
1: full? What do you do to keep yourself fueled? consistency is key for me. I always wake up, wake up at the same time. Uh, I, I, I'm, i you know, a big believer I exercise. Like to me that it's, it's just a mental stimulation too. It just helps me with all my, like, you know, anxiety or stress that I might be feeling because of things that are happening around me. And I... Oh, It's difficult. It's not easy because, yes, I have a husband, I have children, I have extended family. It's not easy, but I think you need to also not have FOMO. Like, you have to say no. You can't do everything. So socially, like, I'm very religious about making sure that, you know, I get a good night's sleep when I can. Like, little things like that that sort of are important to me because I can't function otherwise – uh I think I'm just like an average girl, you know. We all do the same things. We plan, right, a little bit out every day. What brings you the most joy about being a digital creator? I think the biggest reward for me is when and and this is just occurring as of late, like especially when I do have women in the later decades of their life, you know, 40 plus, being very positive about the fact that I'm alluding that you can really just be yourself and not have to conform, that I sort of push the non-conformity in whatever it is that I'm talking about or posting or showcasing. Uh, I can be a little radical for my age. Sorry.
0: Well, I love so that true. about you, Lisa Corbo. <laughs> if people would like to, to get a little piece of Lisa radicalness
1: in their lives, oh, where God. can people follow you? Uh, so I don't do Twitter. Uh, so I just have an Instagram page, which is Lisa Corbo, and uh, TikTok is Lisa underscore Corbo. And it's just really easy to find me. Um, I'm there. You can Definitely message me. I or I answer everyone, and we'll put those in the show notes mm-hmm, so people mm-hmm. can just link Love below to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely, Lisa. Thank you
0: so much. As someone who is in her forty plus years, myself, I oh. take a lot of inspiration from you and your approach to social media and life in general. Thank so you.
1: thank you very much for being here. Thanks, Donna. Thank you. Ciao.
0: Ciao. Thank you so much for joining me here on Fashion Talks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends, your family, on your networks, it would mean the world to me. Fashion Talks is done in partnership with the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards. You can find out more about them at CAFA Awards, C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S on Instagram. This episode was produced by Jason Perrier. You can find him on Instagram at a Jason Perrier. You can follow the pod at fashion talks pod, and you can follow me at this is Donna B all of us on Instagram. I hope you will join us again next week. Thank you so much and have a great day.